You're listening to the Beyond the Profi podcast, where we help you out of career burnout so that you can reclaim your personal freedom while pursuing your passion. I'm your host, Jasmine Haley, entrepreneur, influencer, and educator that will help empower you with our interviews, strategies, and straight talks. If you're ready to push past your comfort zone to your greatness, you have found the right podcast. Stay tuned and listen in. Hey, this is Jasmine, the host of the Beyond the Profi podcast. I am here on site in Charlotte, North Carolina. I have the honor of being uh, part of the Train the Trainer with Densefly Serona. And one of the KOLs here is Dr. Randy Matson, And uh, he's with Rock Run Dental. Rock Run Dental. <laughs> And he just has an exceptional story, and I just I have to share it. So welcome to the show. It's a pleasure to be here. You know, it's I, I'm always a little wary with talking with dentists. And why would that be? Because <laughs> <laughs> we never know what we're going to get. And I think also it's a little challenging when you're trying to convey the importance of the dental hygienist role, and it's, it's being... Uh, challenge every step of the way for instance one of the things that really shocked me was when there was a um a dental therapy bill going into going in for maryland and some of the dentists that i've worked with were there even dentists that will never serve a vulnerable population and the words that were coming up their mouth they were just spilling just such negativity towards our profession and that's what I've typically have seen you know quite a bit so it was very refreshing to hear how much you value the preventative side of your business and so I just want to say kudos to you and that and and for being a huge advocate of our dental hygiene profession thank you thank you (laughs) all right so I thought it was very interesting how you really removed and insurance from your practice. So tell the listeners why that was something that helped elevate your practice because my my podcast is called Beyond the Profi and it's really not just about leaving an op or anything like that. It's really just being having excellence in whatever you decide to do, whether that be clinically or whether you decide to venture into education like I have or research or what have you. So what made you decide to do that to elevate your practice and what you're providing for your community? Well, let me just be clear right up front. We haven't eliminated all insurances from our practice, but we have eliminated um, a number of those insurance companies that seem to be um, a little more predatory that make it difficult for us to do the things that we want to do. And it was a number of years ago when we noticed that uh, some of the write-offs from a number of the insurance companies that we were involved with were making it difficult for us on any given month when we had um, serviced more patients that had those particular insurance companies. uh, It would make it difficult for us to meet uh, just our normal uh, bills that we had coming in during a month. So it was at this time when uh, we were experiencing some of this that my accountant came to me and said, hey, be careful, we're really tight this month. And I knew we had produced very well. But when we looked at the write-offs, the write-offs were massive Mm. uh, from those particular companies. 
So I decided then and there that I was going to get rid of as many of the worst offenders as I could. Uh, together with my uh, front desk people that were doing the business management, we identified those companies. And I axed a number of the uh, worst offenders. And uh, my front desk person said, I'll come and visit you in the poorhouse. But what actually <laughs> happened is it, uh, as we got rid of those, uh, when we looked months later, we noticed that in fact, we hadn't lost money, but we had increased our revenues because the mix of the practice had changed. Other people had filled in the positions that uh, those people from those uh, more predatory insurance companies left open in our schedule. And even some of those patients decided to stay with us and just pay cash. Oh, I mean, what a terrible thing. <laughs> but it allowed us to spend more time building relationships and doing more of the things that, that we would have liked to have done, and we were able to increase the quality of the experience, and we were able to uh, have more time to do the things that we thought made up uh, excellent dentistry, and it has been a wonderful thing for us over the years. We've been able to stay uh, very profitable, and it's enabled me to empower my hygiene department uh, to be able to perform at the level they want to perform, specifically many of the things that we're talking about here at the Charlotte Academy. Mm -hmm. How did you push past that fear? Because honestly, <laughs> you know, come on now. Come on now. Uh, <laughs> who says that I pushed past it? I was scared spitless. But I knew that I couldn't keep going uh, like I was going at that time. I mean, the, the write-offs were, were massive, were very massive. You know, one of the biggest challenges for most um, dentists, so I've heard, um, is the student loan debt and just handling the business side and trying to be a clinician and also trying to be a manager. So what would you say is like the first step for anyone that may be interested in venturing out and removing and eliminating some of the insurances that make it difficult for us to provide the best care? Well, for sure you have to be on a sound uh, business background. My wife happens to be an accountant. and That's uh, per You married well. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thank you. She thinks so, too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so first off, you have to be on very sound business footing. And uh, while I would say that most dental schools uh, teach really good clinical skills, I'm not so sure they teach such great business skills. So however you can do it, either through a good mentor, through, mm -hmm. through finding an accountant that's very familiar with dentistry, uh, however you can do it, you need to acquire the appropriate business skills to make sure that something like we attempted is actually possible. Because uh, it, it's certain that in a number of cases, you certainly couldn't do it to the extent that I did it. Yeah. And so you have to be... Um, very, very sure that it, that it's going to work. You've got to be honest. Yes, you do. You have to be honest and realistic. Uh, I think you have to get the buy-in of the team. Mm -hmm. uh, in this particular instance, um, I, I, I totally believed in my hygiene team and in the rest of the team. Um, if we just kept doing what we were doing and could replace those uh, patients that had the predatory plans, uh, we would be fine. We would be fine. And in fact, that's what happened. And we had enough patients in the practice that 
we could backfill uh, those open appointments. We certainly weren't booked out as far, mm-hmm. but we were able to do it. And yeah, it was a little scary. It definitely was a little scary, but ultimately, it has been much better for us in the long run, and we've been it, it has enabled us enabled us to financially do a lot of things that would have been more difficult otherwise. So what would you say to someone that says that a hygiene department isn't profitable? (laughs) I would say they definitely did not pay attention to the business of dentistry. A hygiene department is one of the most uh, effective things you can do to grow your business for a couple of reasons. Number one, it's kind of the goose that lays the golden egg. It's preventative. Um, If the hygiene department is doing what they need to be doing, those preventative appointments are easy. Uh, once you get the healthy, the patient healthy, uh, the kind of the moniker in our office is that healthy gums don't hurt and healthy gums don't bleed. And if you can get out of the vicious cycle of the bloody prophy, get the patients healthy and get them to buy into it, uh, then the patients like to come. And that is continuous and ongoing uh, for, for the practice. Those patients come in. They're happy. Uh, it's like going to the gym. It pays off just through having better health. And then when those patients do need work, um, you know, they have a good opinion of the practice. They haven't been having any unpleasant experiences. Mm -hmm. And as long as you've built the trust and can deliver on the clinical side, which you absolutely have to be able to do, uh, they're very willing to accept uh, treatment that may be needed. And oftentimes, then it'll go from the what we call the gotta-dos in the practice. And those are the things that have immediate need needs to the wanna-dos and the aspirational things. So you'll, you'll move up the scale of things that are, you know, fun and fulfilling for a dentist and for the dental practice to do, and the patients will step up and do it. So that's what a hygiene practice or a, a good hygiene department can do for a dental practice. It, I think it's essential to a well-functioning general practice. So two things that you said that made me clutch my pearls today. The first was, yes, clutch them. Okay. okay. <laughs> I've never heard that before. Thank you. <laughs> I was like, let me tell you something. I was like, oh, my goodness. Who wow. is this man? <laughs> okay. Clutch my pearls. Let's so go. <laughs> the first was you said that for your three-month recare, you do not charge your patients for that. The second thing was that you had a six-figure producing hygienist. I think oh, you absolutely. said 500000 uh, Absolutely. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, so. So let's start with the first one. Okay, <laughs> which was the three-month three recare. Three recare. Okay. So what happened is a number of years ago, uh, again, my hygienist came to me and said, I, you know, I don't want to be in the vicious cycle of a bloody prophy. And for anyone who has done the bloody prophy from the patient that's non-compliant or has medical issues or whatever it may be, those are horrid and they're hard. They're Mm -hmm. very, very difficult. They're hard on you. They're hard on the patient. I think oftentimes after a patient has a number of bloody prophies in a row, they they think there is something wrong with this hygienist. I'm going to leave. Now, and and that's human nature. I think maybe they're not taking as much responsibility as they should for their own personal health. And maybe it's part of the hygienist's uh, fault, too, in that they're not holding them accountable and teaching them what they need to know. Well, at any rate, she didn't want to do this. And she said, okay, Dr. Matson, I'm going to use all the tools that I have. 
And to be clear, we're an ultrasonic office. Uh, we use a ProfiJet. We use a laser. We use uh, medications and fluoride and just everything that we have at our disposal. She said, if you give me a year or a year and a half, I'm going to get these patients in shape. And that first year was difficult. It was it was very very rough. You clutch your pearls. And, yeah, she was clutching her pearls. <laughs> I'm going to have to ask her that. I don't know that for sure. <laughs> but at any rate, she worked with those patients, and many of those patients required, you know, more immediate follow-up care. And there was a, a lot of uh, scaling and uh, follow-up and checking. Uh, we disclose every patient twice. And we tell the patient the first time is for them to know where they're at and how they're doing. The second time is after we've gone through and done, uh, you know, the basic profi to show us how we're doing. Mm. And that illustrates to the patient how sticky that biofilm is and how difficult it is to get off. Wow. And then she would follow up with them. As she got the patients going, she would invite them back as she got them to be compliant. For example, if she was doing... Uh, four quadrants of S&C, she'd do that every, you know, every 10 days or so. So she had four appointments in which to help the patient become compliant. Then as they became compliant, she would invite them back in three months for a quick ProfiJet to remove the biofilm and prevent that red complex from, from mm-hmm. forming. And then another three months later, it would be their six-month recall. That in-between three-month quick ProfiJet appointment we give away and in return I think what we get back from that is like if they're initially when there were a lot of patients who were having four quads of S and C it gave us five appointments to get the compliance from that patient and lo and behold it worked so now three months later when the patients come back that wasn't a one-hour difficult profi to be sure, there was still a learning curve going on, but instead of being an hour, maybe it was 40 minutes. Now, my hygienist is assisted, and so she has a lot of help. But then, as we garnered more compliance, that three-month would, you know, would uh, work them over with the ProfiJet again, and they slowly became more compliant. So now, in the practice, there are many, many patients that come in and we say, you know, stippled gums that are coral pink, not red. They don't bleed to air pressure. And we tell our patients they should be able to brush and floss vigorously and not have any bleeding. And many, many patients in the practice are in that category now. And I might add that it's kind of a difficult stretch sometimes. Um, in Utah, we have one of the lower remuneration schedules uh, from insurance plans, uh, and yet people still think dentistry is expensive. So a good marketing ploy for us has been those patients that are on some of those uh, uh, lower-paying plans or plans that I'm not a part of, and they would leave the practice. And when they would leave the practice after they, did, after they had been used to being taken care of like we were taking care of them, many of them would return and say, you know what, I just didn't like it over there. Can I come back and just pay cash? Mm-hmm. You know, and gosh, I'd fake it like I was thinking about it. No, cash? Gee, I don't know. <laughs> but they would come back to us because they could tell a difference between how they were when they weren't getting that continuous care versus when they were. So how that built such a big practice is we, we took 
hour long, if not several appointment, you know, a couple of appointment bloody prophies, and turned them into very healthy patients. Now again, the hygienist are assisted. And so when these patients come back, you're not spending, you know, huge amounts of time uh, removing calculus and scaling and, uh, you know, the whole nine yards. It turns those difficult prophies into easy, healthy prophies. Mm -hmm. And that's how it was done. And mm -hmm. that's how it was done. And that's all, folks. <laughs> <laughs> I will have to say that uh, you... Um, you also let us know that you allow the hygienist to choose the amount of time that they need, but that's also freedom that you have too by being a, a pr primarily fee for service, you know, practice that's really preventative based. So I thought that was extraordinary because, I mean, even his takeaway notes, he blew us all out the park. We were like, <laughs> like for me especially, I was just like. Yeah, so this has been amazing, and I know now know like what insert I need to use. And you sound, said this profound speech. You stood up, and like there was this radiating um, <laughs> light behind you <laughs> as you were professing your undying love for dental hygiene. So, anywho, um, <laughs> I'm just teasing. <laughs> but it's been great learning from you, um, Dr. Ran, and I'm looking forward to learning from you. Uh, the next two, two and a half, well, one and a half days. Well, thank you very much. And it's nice to be with all you ladies and see that there are a number of devoted hygienists that uh, are really interested in promoting oral health and bettering the profession. So, uh, you know, it goes both ways. Thank you very much and clutch your pearls. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got one more question for you. Oh, okay, please. I end the show. Oh, yeah, okay. I <laughs> See, I thought I was in charge. So we're not at the office. Well, I guess yeah, exactly. we are. Yeah, exactly. Okay, right. <laughs> this is my rodeo, okay? No, um, all jokes aside, my last question for you is, what is the best personal or career advice you've ever received? Best personal or career advice? Mm-hmm. Um, you sure you can handle it? I, I'm ready. I'm ready. I think you need to start planning for your exit strategy from dentistry the day you come in. Wow. Because, at least for a dentist, because we're self-employed, so many of us have uh, depended on selling the practice as having that be your ex exit strategy. In today's world, uh, that's not enough. You have to do what's best for your patients, and you also have to do what's best for yourself and your family. And by, it's just like we mentioned earlier, you have to understand the business principles. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you're not good at business, you will not be allowed the privilege of being in private practice. You'll have to do something else. Mm -hmm. And if you're not planning for business, you will be in a sorry position when the time comes that you're, you no longer want to practice dentistry or, or are able to practice dentistry. So s just plan for your future. And you can do that short term and long term. Uh, mm -hmm. short term in your practice to be the practice that you want to be, get the training and be the best clinical dentist that you can be and perform at the level that you want to perform. But uh, financially for yourself, uh, you know, we're very blessed in, in dentistry. We, you know, we have incomes that are very nice compared to the general population. Use some of that to plan for your future. And if you do it, uh, you, you can live a good life. You can be a pillar in your community. You can provide economic 
you know, stimulus for whatever area that you're in. You can employ people and better their lives. And uh, you, you ought to plan on doing the same for yourself. So start planning at first with the end in mind. And part of that means planning for your life after dentistry. I love that. I never once have we had a guest say that. That was really wonderful to hear. You've got a great voice, too. Really sound great. Is this your first podcast? Uh, yes, it is. Well, look at that. <laughs> It's okay. We've got some other, um, don't hand it off. Don't hand it off. <laughs> He's like, I'm ready to get off. <laughs> right. You end the show. I get it. <laughs> We've got some other amazing um, hygienists here. You're going to hear the episode after this episode is edited and published. Um, but please let the listeners know where to contact you if they're interested in finding out more about you know, your practice. Uh, Rock Run Dental in uh, Roy, Utah. We have... Uh, two dentists, myself and um, Dr. Scott Miller, and, um, you know, if you're in northern Utah and uh, need a dentist, uh, you can find us on the web. All right. Yeah. What's the email address? I mean, uh, not the email address, the URL. <laughs> www. You know, I should actually know that, shouldn't I? <laughs> <laughs> he was like, listen, let's just use Google, okay? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> That's okay. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> well, thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. It's my pleasure. Thank you. You're welcome. Thanks for tuning in to the show. We value each and every one of you. Dive in deeper by visiting the show notes for this episode or listening to more episodes on beyondtheprofi.com. If you found value in the show, share with a friend and leave us a review. We will see you next time, BTP family.